expressed on the following broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Welcome to Entitled to Overcome, exploring solutions for life today. A presentation of Take 12 Recovery Radio. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dave Fleming and the Monty Man. Hey, Dave. <laughs> hey, Monty. I turn your mic on. Hey, Dave, I had a question for you. Yes, sir. What happens when you take a certified alcohol and drug counselor level two and a state certified addiction peer support specialist and you stick them in the same room with a couple of microphones and a couple of headsets? What do you get, Dave? A new show. A brand new show. <laughs> That's right. Welcome, listeners, to Entitled to Overcome Solutions for Life Today. Yes, indeed. It's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. Yes, absolutely. And that was Creed with our theme song, uh, Entitled to Overcome. Are you entitled to overcome? Absolutely. But not because you're so wonderful, not because you're so great or we're so great, but because the God who is God is, and he does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And because of that great gift, we are entitled to overcome because of him. Right, Dave? Amen. Amen to that. Amen to that. So uh, this show, this is our debut show of Entitled to Overcome, which will um, we will tape on Fridays, and then it will go up on Fridays. And, of course, like all the shows, uh, you can uh, download the app. Uh, you have uh, an iPhone. You have an Android phone. No problem. Uh, you can download our Podomatic app by going to Take12Radio.com and clicking on Follow Me on Podomatic. Yes, you can do that. Yeah, Dave's pointing at his phone right now. Um, so if this happens to go up and, and the video actually happens to work, uh, it may be kind of weird for a while until we get it all straightened out. Uh, if it doesn't work, you got the audio, and that's really all that matters, is that they hear our wonderful voices, Right. right. That's right. That's right. The so- soothing sounds the sooth- of Monty and Dave. The, sooth- the soothing sounds. Solutions so- for life. Solutions for life. That's right. Um, but, but anyway, so we're going to be talking about solutions for life today. And uh, this is this really is uh, – this show really is Dave's show. So I'm just going to kind of co-host this thing with him, and he's going to kind of take off with it. Uh, and, and like I said, it'll, it'll be up uh, – we're going to attempt to do this every week. And uh, you will see archives, we'll have a YouTube version and all that kind of wonderful stuff. Um, But listen, I I, I have to bring this up um, because we're talking about solutions of life today. Um, I discovered what the ultimate solution and answer to life was, Dave. Do tell. Do tell? Well, the only way you truly know is if you watch Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, the solution to life is the number 42. The number 42. Did you ever hear that? Have you ever heard about that? The number 42? Oh, I'm sure I have. Well, there's a thing going around. I mean, and people are actually buying this. They actually believe it, that somehow or another, the number 42 is the answer to everything. Uh, It takes deep thought. The supercomputer 
uh, it took uh, whatever that means that the supercomputer is seven and a half million years to compute and check the answer, which turns out to be the number 42. Deep Thought points out that the answer seems meaningless because the beings who instructed it never actually knew what the ultimate question was in the first place. <laughs> Duh. So many years of computing, and the answer is some uh, obligatory number. How could that actually be? There must be something in the meaning of the number 42, right? Well, maybe not. Uh, many theories were proposed, including that 42 is 101010 in binary code, that light refracts off water by 42 degrees to create a rainbow, that light requires 10 to 42 seconds to cross the diameter of a proton. The author Douglas Adams, of all this stuff, rejected it all. He was quoted in saying, the answer to this is very simple. It's baloney. <laughs> it had to be a number, an ordinary smallish number, and I chose that one. Binary representations, base 13, and Tibetan monks are all complete nonsense. I sat at my desk, stared into the garden, and thought, 42 will do. So I typed it out. End of story. That's it. Well, I, I, got, I, I have the actual number, right? <laughs> all right, what are, is it? Are you ready? Yeah. Hang on to your seats. I'm hanging on. Okay. It's the number 12. It is the number 12. Right? As in Take 12 Recovery Radio. As in... That's the bonus. Right? right? But you got the, uh, the 12 steps. 12 you got, steps? You got the 12 apostles. Yes. Uh, let's see. My birthday is on the 12th. My sober date's on the 12th. Oh. And you could... Im- there's infinite possibilities that, there that is. tie into that. I've been fired 12 times. I've been hired 24 times. Hopefully, you haven't That's been... That's bad. 50 hopefully you haven't jobs been, I got fired from. <laughs> hopefully what? Hopefully you haven't been to 12 treatment programs. Yeah, I've been to 12 treatment. No, no and that didn't hit that. That wasn't... <laughs> I only went to actually one in-house so-called treatment facility. It was a men's discipleship program. <clears throat> um, and went through that one 30 years ago. Nice. But but numerous outpatient things, you know, I call them things because I don't really know what happened there. I just, it's blur. <laughs> it's just a blur. We're going to sit around in a circle and talk about things that probably are going to hinder us more than help us. Yeah, um, a, you know, but seeds it, are planted. It, it wasn't, it, it, well, that was just one of them. Actually, the other two that I went to were very good. But that one was kind of weird. I think they all have their purpose, right? Oh, absolutely. Seeds get planted. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, starts us on down that path. I am not anti-treatment. Not at all. And I know a lot of 12-steppers that are. You know, oh, the treatment center's ruined our program. No, you ruined the program. Be quiet. <laughs> tell Just, us how you really feel. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> nah, all right, tre- so I, I got something that I wanted to share with you that I thought was... It was uh, you got to do it. Bring it on. Pretty, pretty interesting. You know, it's well. This probably ties into the into the twelve, the number twelve too, right? Oh yeah. So it's interesting because me and Monty were talking about you know doing this show and what's that going to look like and right. intros and we we're just brainstorming and throwing things out there. And I know I sent you uh, some things, right? I sent you right. some some information, some suggestions, and and uh, a few songs. Uh, for me, I know uh, Creed is. 
or I should say Creed, I should say Scott Stapp uh, in particular has played a big part in my recovery. His Which music. is a member of Creed. Well, he, used, he used, used to, to be, be the front man. Yeah. He used to be front yeah. man. He's, yeah. he's doing his solo. He's doing a solo project now. Hi, Scott. And, uh, yeah, hi, Scott. Uh, uh, let us know you're you're listening out there. Thanks, brother. Anyway, uh, so I'm looking at you. You sent me the the. Uh, oh yeah, the logo for the, the show. logo for show. I think yeah. so I was looking for the word. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, overcome solutions for life. And then we're trying to figure out, you know, what, what we're going to do for the first topic. So when I was in Minnesota, uh, the program that I was involved with, right. or, or one of them, uh, was called Overcomers. Oh, was it Overcomers Outreach? No. No, it was Overcomers. It was part of uh, uh, Minneapolis Adult and Teen Challenge. Oh, okay. It was, it was what we called the, uh, the uh, Intensive Outpatient Program. Gotcha. It was Overcomers. So that was kind of interesting how that kind of tied in right. without us even talking about it. Right. You did, I don't, that is awesome. You didn't know anything about that before. No, this, I right? didn't. Okay. I knew you were in in someplace started with an M. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I always saw my wife. Well, Dave came from Minneapolis or or, or Michigan or where, where? somewhere in somewhere the... Montreal or so, I never get it right. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, and and then putting the the kind of the theme song and all that interesting stuff together. There were, yeah. You know, it, uh, there was this, this uh, uh, intro that I did for another, for a band one time that basically sounds similar. Sure. Uh, the way you set it up with the sirens and. Oh, and, really? And yeah. I was just like. Oh, was, that's a trip. When you played it, when I played it, I was just, I was blown away because it's like, this is, this is totally weird. It's like totally. That is totally bizarre. in sync without even like. Because I had to alter, it. I had to alter because of copyright. So I had to alter the song, right? And add sirens. And there's right. there's actually people yelling in the background that you may not pick up unless you really pay attention. But right. that's a trip. I did not know that. Yeah. I was trying to find it because I actually wanted to use it, right? Uh, possibly as is is an intro or at one of our shows one day. I'm sure I'll run across it. It's it's in my stuff, probably still in a box. Yeah, I've been here two years and still haven't unpacked my boxes. Really. <laughs> So anyway, uh, uh, basically we talk about, you know, solutions for life today, right? Yep. Which, uh, uh, is there, are there any? Well, there's 42, right? <laughs> and 12. Well, 12, yeah. Right? So basically the idea is when, uh, on this show, we want to look at, you know, uh, what life is like in recovery. Sure. You know, right out of treatment, long-term recovery, you know, um, whether it be a year, two years, five years, 15 years, what does that look like you know, down the road? You know, what's the day-to-day thing? Um, how do you get back on track if you got to get off track? Mm-hmm. Struggles that people have been going through. Uh, so as we go through these different topics, uh, I would highly recommend that anybody that's listening uh, go on to the the YouTube page or uh, the website or anywhere they, they, they're able to make comments in there. Yes. Uh, on our Facebook page. Um, and please and just, yeah, please do that because it, it, it's like pulling teeth to get people to make comments, but it is so helpful because, and, and your comments may be helping somebody else too. Yeah, they may not have thought about the question. Right. Or you, you thought about the question, but then you, right. You know, you're, you're for whatever reason you didn't, you, you didn't ask it. 
So let me let me let me tell them if you if you join Podomatic, it's fun, it's for free, they'll never spam you. Once you become a member of Podomatic, you can listen to the Podomatic show and download it and everything and not be a member of Podomatic. But if you want to comment on it, you have to sign up either with your email or you can sign up through Facebook. And it's very simple. You go to take12radio.com and click on follow me on Podomatic and just click on follow. And then you're done. Uh, once you do that, you can comment on the shows. If, you, if you're if you old school and you are watching the logo and the video or whatever and listening to the audio on YouTube, you don't have to be a member of YouTube or anything like that. You can comment on YouTube. And, of course, if you're on Facebook, whenever we post it, you can comment on Facebook. Yes. So there you go. Anyway, go ahead, Dave. It, uh, it will help us to address what your concerns are, what maybe concerns you've had that – uh, you wish you would have brought it out or if there's anything that you want to share with anybody, there may be some issues that you've faced in the past that maybe you didn't know how to deal with and, and struggled for a long period of time. Well, we're going to kind of bring those things back up and try to address, uh, address them. Uh, Cause I'm sure everyone's got similar questions. You know, we all kind of relate to you there. And we're Dave, here. are you going to answer their questions? I am going to share my experience, strength and hope. Yeah, and and the hopes that you know that get something out of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of the idea. We've we've got a couple topics, a couple questions that I put out there on my Facebook page. <clears throat> you just uh, type in on the search bar. Truth has no agenda, and it should pop up to my page. Dave Fleming at Facebook. Um. There. Uh, quite a number of the people that I'm uh, that I'm friends with and uh, members of the program back in Minnesota, they're, they were generously answering uh, some questions, and we're gonna I'm gonna field some of those things on, on the air. Um, cool. I think they're very important to address. Uh, so hope hopefully we can we, help, had, we, we had, can help some people. We 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 asked on our on Take Twelve Facebook page too a few weeks ago. And one guy, bless his heart, <laughs> he like he looked like it took like a topic, you know, page from an A meeting or an NA meeting or something, and like copy and paste, you know, a hundred topics. It was great. It was like a Google search. It was a Google. It was just great. Yeah. yeah but he but he but he commented. He answered right. the question. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. All good. Awesome stuff. So um, I know uh, you, we have the topic today was uh, was Ace. Right. Yes. A C E, and it was kind of a, a, a abbreviation or an acronym for uh, what uh, I use in, in my recovery, and that that's helped me. And it's like basically it stands for well, the only thing we need to change is everything. So all and you need to all, change is everything. All we need to change is everything. So okay, I want to play devil's advocate. You you get, go. We got to change everything, Dave. Everything. Yes. Even if we're right about some stuff. Give me an example. Well, now I got to go back to to flip on your side because to give the example, I have to admit that that the answer to that is yes. <laughs> so, so uh, when I first got into my twelve step fellowship and I and I was following directions, which took a little longer than when I first got in, and I got myself a sponsor. Right, um, he told me I had to take everything I knew and put it into this figurative box and give it to him, and he wouldn't throw it away. He dished it back out to me as he saw fit, but I needed to really start with a clean slate. 
And don't you know, I'd, you know, gone to college and, you know, got a few pieces of paper I could hang on my wall. And, you know, I, you know, those, I know those things, Doug, I, I'm right about those things, right? And he goes, well, you might be, but I don't care. You're going to give them to me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, well, you don't know if you're right about that or not. So we got to, we got to look at that. It's going to take some time. So everything you know, even about God. And I was like, well, I've been a Christian for, since 1971, because I was drunk since 1971 but and i know that i know that jesus christ is god he goes all right you might know that but you're still putting that in a box too and i really it challenged me because i thought well that of all things is something that i don't need to change my thinking years later the way i felt about who god was in my life not the person of who god was but my relationship to him totally changed and if I hadn't have been open-minded enough to, to let Doug take that figurative box and speak into my life about that stuff, a lot of change wouldn't have happened. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I get it. So, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of simplify this. Yeah. Okay, because the first time I actually heard this, uh, the only thing you have to change is everything. Right. I thought, that's the stupidest thing in the, on the planet, right? <laughs> sure. Who the heck came up with that? Right. And I was like, whatever, and, you know, shuffled it, put it away in the box and put it on the shelf. Yeah. Um, you know, a few years later, I had an opportunity to uh, get back into treatment, and that popped up again. And it popped up uh, when, uh, you know, when I was sitting in, in jail, you know, uh, the last time I drank. And uh, while, I was in, while I was in jail... Um, in uh, Chisago County, Minnesota. What's it called? Chisago County. Chisago. Yeah. Ca- that just sounds like a bad experience. Right. Well, it's <laughs> it's a nice little town. It doesn't have anything to. Not even close to Chicago. Okay. Right. Right. Um, anyway, uh, great officers there, and, and I'm made friends with some of them. But um, God came and met me there, like He does many of us, sure. uh, while we're in we're kind of captive audiences. Yep. And. Came in while I was in detox and removed the obsession, uh, my obsession to use. So at that point, you know, I'm I'm kind of freaking out a little bit because this is a little weird. That now I, this is, I know something's different. So right. I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of conscious that it's been taken away, and I'm starting to see things clearly. But then this pops up in my head: the only thing you have to change is everything. I'm like, oh gosh, here we go again. So I'm like, okay. Let's break this down. What does this look like? And so, first of all, I gotta, I can't change who I am, right? God, God's the only one that can do that. And what I mean by that is, is just you know my my being and my spirit and you know okay. right. But what I can do is I can change everything else. So, so that's the one thing you can't change is your creation that that He created. Right, right, right. I can I can help put it back into alignment with. Sure. With God's will. But that, so, and how do I do that? So, first thing you do is, obviously, when you're in jail, usually you do the foxhole prayer, right? Get me out of this one. That's right. And I'll never do it again. That's right. Till the next time. <laughs> so, I started praying for other people. Uh, started thanking God for all the people there in my life that uh, stood by me, helped me out, right. know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, then it was, it went to, okay, so then I got... I can't. I can't lie anymore. I can't manipulate. Oh no! Um, yeah, I have to. I have to ask for help because I never ask for help. 
uh, and when the occasion arises, I have to take responsibility and uh, apologize for things that I do wrong, which I never did before. It's like I don't care what you think or what you say; it doesn't really matter, right? Right. And um, and the on the and there's a few other things, you know. Um, but the on the other side of that too is is not just the neg reversing the negative stuff, but it's positive stuff. So now I also have to add things into my life that are positive. So that looks like either I'm going back to some things that I enjoy doing that I put aside because of my my use or you know whatever codependency enabling other people in my life. Um, and if there's things that I wanted always wanted to try, but I didn't because of the same reasons, then I go out and I try those. And so I put those things right into practice right from day one um, while I was sitting in jail. I mean, I reached out to my employer. I called him. I said, hey, this is what's going on. And he's like, before I could even finish, he's like, yep, we kind of figured something like that was going on and we were going to send somebody out looking for you. I was like, hmm, that's odd. I'd only been there for a couple months. So it made me think, well, maybe, maybe some of these people care about me. Um, it's legit. So that little, that little doorway that cracked. Right. Then I was able to say, okay, well, then I'll let's go to the next one. I'll try this. So I called my pastor I hadn't seen in a few years. And he came down and, and we had told him what was going on and everything. And he ended up bailing me out of, you know, eventually I had to stay in there a couple more days. Uh, that's, a, that's a story for another, another day. But, uh, yeah, so it started that ball rolling where I found that it was okay to ask for help. And it was okay to, uh, it was okay to pray for other people instead of, it made me feel good. Uh, it made me, f I felt freedom, if that makes any sense. Because I know every other time when I've said, get me out of this one, I'll never do it again. I never, I didn't feel good after <coughs> I did it. You know, there's always something, it always felt like it yeah. was off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, that's kind of the, the start of how that this this topic happened is that, that I had to play uh, apply that in my life. So all, all these things you thought about, about changing, you were thinking through this process while incarcerated. Yeah. Had you, had you been incarcerated before? <laughs> Many times, right? <laughs> Yes. Why? Why didn't those things? Why didn't you think about those things then? Because I wasn't ready. Yeah. There you go. Right. Yeah. Yes, I we're did. Dead. Well, you know the whole. I never thought I had a problem. Mm. Right. Uh, I always had to be in control. Yeah. Because nobody, I mean, no one else was going to be around that I could rely on, that I could count on. There's always. Uh, I always felt like uh, everyone was would always eventually let me down. Or abandon me, right? Mm -hmm. Even though that wasn't necessarily the case, mm -hmm. uh, usually because I would disappear and not, not let anybody know where I'm at, right? And then you know, <laughs> say, "Well, it's your fault. You didn't contact me." Um. So, um, lost my train of thought. Well, what, what was what, what was okay? So you were ready. Is that what made the difference? Well, a lot of stuff happened. So yeah. I had, you know, I, uh, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, that's that, sure. that cliche line. But right. the, the idea was, is I, I kept for probably the two years before I finally decided to do something different. I had been doing, praying, well, if there is a God out there and you want to work in my life, give me a sign. 
And I would say that, you know, maybe several times a day. And um, I never really noticed anything until some time had gone by. Um, and I, um, I had a brain hemorrhage. Um, I look at it now as God rebooting my hard drive. Wow. But it was a, it was a scary thing. It was one of those, uh, it was, uh, yeah, I could have died. That, that's and, a brain hemorrhage is where a vessel breaks and floods the brain with blood. Yep. Right. A lot of people don't, most people don't make it through. Well, they in the number they, they threw out, there was a 4% mortality rate and I didn't connect the dots right away. It's yeah. like, but that basically means is that only 4% of the people that this happens to survive. Wow. And out of that, you know, probably 80% of them are some kind of disability or sitting in a chair drooling on themselves. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and so when they told me these things, I was like, okay, whatever. You know, it kind of fed into me the, you know, 10 feet tall and bulletproof uh, issue I had. Sure. Uh, a little bit uh, because it's like, well, I'm, I'm able to walk and talk and go back to work and, you know, I, I feel fine and. I don't feel like there's any issues mm. going on. Um, but there, I mean, looking back now, I could tell that there was a little bit of change in my internally too. I couldn't put my finger on it. But um, through some experiences that I had, I found, I, I just know that God basically, uh, it was almost like God was desperate to get my attention. And that's, how he did it because I just wasn't, I wasn't getting it. I wasn't seeing the little signs along the way that said, you need to change. And now it got to the point where it's like, you need to change or you're going to die. Uh, and so I, I got, I got to that point where I was like, okay, well, I mean, after I had the, the brain hemorrhage or they, uh, it didn't slow me down. It was kind of scary. I was like, after I, uh, kind of took a month off and recuperated, I mean, I headed back home and stopped at the liquor store on the way home. Uh, of course, you did. Yeah, without even I wasn't not I wasn't right. like I was sitting there for thirty days going. Oh, okay, no, it's automatic. Drink. It's automatic. It was just yeah. an automatic yeah. in my routine. So, <clears throat> I you know, and one day on the way home from work, um, in my normal routine, I'd stop at the liquor store and I'd you know get my thirty-two ounce cup of whatever fountain drink. And then I'd go next door and get the to the next to the liquor store, and I'd sure. buy the seven fifty fridge pack, yeah, vodka, right? And yeah. I'd dump out all but you know a, a splash of yeah. whatever soda, and then put the seven fit perfectly in there, you know, and I'd away I'd go, and yeah. I get I get halfway, uh, I get ten minutes down the road, and all of a sudden my head clears up, and the shaking stops, and I'm not I'm. I'm not talking about shaking where your hands are shaking. Right. I'm talking like that internal right. shaking. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of you know what I'm talking about. But to me, I always use, I always saw that as part of my high blood pressure because I have high blood pressure. Uh, so I just always assumed that that was just part of that. My blood pressure was, you know, off or whatever. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was just like all of a sudden, boom, it's like clarity. You know, that moment of clarity, and yeah. I'm, I'm on the ha- road home, and all of a sudden, you know, the stuff from the treatment center, you know, and the meetings come popping back in my head. The only, you can't drink, and you can't not drink. What are you going to do? 
And so, again, I pull up the prayer. If there's a God and you're working in my life, help me get back into treatment, and I'll, I promise I'll make a go of it. So a um, few months later, of course, because I'm not going to like mm, turn left into the treatment center, I'm going to keep going until I get you know arrested or worse. And so that's, that's kind of what happened a, uh, uh, October 12th of uh, 2004. I, I woke up on my living room floor. All I heard in the background for my TV was, if you can't believe, all things are possible. And I thought, really? What is, what is that? And there was a, the, uh, was it Trinity Broadcast Network? Sure, TBN. Yeah. Yep. So I'm like, how the heck did it get on there? I mean, usually I watch sci-fi and it's yeah stuck on sci-fi. Yeah. But <laughs> the remote was across the room and I'm here. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And... uh you know, I get to, uh, uh, had to kind of even out a little bit. So, I, you know, I make myself a screwdriver and uh, kind of settle in a little bit. And I made a phone call and my wife said, it's your day to take take uh, your daughter to the to volleyball. I'm like, oh, okay. And so not wanting to be a disappointment, I'm like, yeah, come on over. Right? So they, and by, by the time she gets there, I probably down three or four more screwdrivers that are, you know, probably yeah. eight ounces of vodka in each one <laughs> at least. And, uh, you know, part of me is screaming in my head, don't you smell the alcohol or don't you? <sighs> and instead of saying, no, I'm too drunk to drive. And so I didn't want to disappoint anybody. I got this. I'm in control. And, uh, so she leaves and, uh, we go out to get in my truck and <laughs> my truck's, parked half in the street and half on the sidewalk. And I'm like, nice. that's interesting. I wonder how that happened. It must have rolled back, right? Because we're parked it, on... It didn't even dawn on you that... No. <laughs> Later on, it did. It was like, yeah, I was on a binger for about four days. I and, love the way our brains think. Right? So we get in the car, and I'm we're driving. I'm over in Wisconsin, and I got to drive over to... Uh, uh, I got to drive over to the next town. It's probably eight, ten miles away. So basically, by I all I remember is hitting the bridge, and I was in a blackout all the way to the school. And someone called the sheriff and said that someone's driving on the wrong side of the road. So I was driving on the wrong side of the road. My daughter's in the truck, and I managed to like come to just before getting to the school. And I pull in and I dropped her off, and then I parked. Like thirty seconds later, a sheriff pulls up behind me with the cherries flashing. And yeah, I was like, woohoo! Because to me, I knew that was God intervening yeah. for you know, whatever. I, I just knew. So you were relieved. So I was, you know, I was excited. I was happy. The guy looking at me, oh, here we go. There's another goofy drunk. Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, I was excited, you know, and, and uh, it was, yeah, it was I'm going to jail. Praise God. So anyway, that, that yeah. whole, that whole process. Uh, That's a trip. You know, my blood alcohol was like 0.48. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. it was pretty wild. And, yeah. uh, that's like, you know, close to death, right? Well, I think my blood alcohol was probably a like 0.24 all the time. I, yeah, okay. I was drinking yeah. so much, yeah. at least a gallon a day. Sure. Um, so once I got to, you know, I got through all that and got to the, got back to the, the well, I got to detox and, and 
realized that God had taken away this obsession, and now what am I going to do? And so that was the point where I said, okay, now God's just whatever God is, right? Yeah. I know it's God because it ain't nothing else. And and I've had, you know, this, you call voices, but basically it's your conscience talking to you. Sure. And that's, that's how I view God yeah. is my inner voice, my conscience telling me things that I wouldn't never normally come up with in my own head mm. at that particular moment. And so it was, I had to change. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a try. Right. So then it pops in my head. The only thing you have to change is everything. So, okay, I'm going to do this to the best of my ability. I'm going to go and I'm cringing, right. Follow directions. Right. Like they, you right. Know, they told right. me to, right. Because I tried it every other way that was my way, uh, every way you could you could imagine. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do this to the best of my ability. I'm going to follow directions. I'm going to do what they've told me to do in in the program uh, for an entire year, and then if nothing changes, then I'm going to go back to doing what I'm doing. So needless to say, that was you know over 13 years ago, right? Uh, because my whole life changed pre- pretty much within the first month. I mean, it was just wow. where we talk about being rocketed into the into fourth the, dimension. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was like that. I mean, all the promises were you know, like coming true. Like I'm like, wow, this is just blows me away. That, so you you challenged God, and He came through. You said, if this doesn't work, I'm going to go back in a year. This doesn't work, and it, and it was yeah, working. It, it, I had to do my part. And that's, you know, the big book says that God will not render us white as snow without our cooperation. Right, right. And, and that was your part, your cooperation, right? Yep. But, you, okay, so let, let me ask you. So you heard that still small voice and said, all you have to do is change everything. Can we change everything with our intellect alone? Or do we need help? Uh, n- <laughs> no and yes. Yeah. Right, we can't. You know the uh, the talking about leaning on your own understanding. I that was part of the the doing things differently, the opposite of what I was doing. Right, because gotcha. change everything. That means that I'm doing. I have to do the opposite of what was causing me problems. So if I'm, you know, if I isolate, I got to get out and do service work every single day. I got to go to meetings. I got to join a church. I got to. You got to be plugged in. Get in the recovery community. Yeah. Because uh, it's super easy for me to just sit back in my house and hang out with my wife and play with my dogs. Was that one of your MOs, isolation? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just tell you what I want you to, to know about me. Right. And then I I would disappear. So I'd just leave you thinking whatever what you want to think. Uh, some people came up with some pretty interesting scenarios um, that I, you know, I played along with because they were kind of interesting and fed my, you know, destructive behavior back in the day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it served me well to just leave people guessing. You know, I right. reconnected with people that I went to high school with, and and uh, they would say, "Oh yeah, we heard this," blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, well, "That's kind of interesting." So once I got into recovery, obviously I had to set set all that straight. You know, because if I'm being honest, uh, I can't let those things go. You know, do you, do you think people within within their respective Recovery fellowships, and there, there's a plethora of different kinds these days. Um, but they all have one thing pretty much in common, and that there's a set of directions. Yeah, in fact, the original manuscript in the big book 
where it said thoroughly followed our path, it was actually thoroughly followed our directions. And then they changed it. But but do you think people have a tendency to try to work on themselves? I mean, when I got when I got in there, I was like, oh, I got to work on this character defect and I got to work on that character defect. And my heart was in the right place, but my sponsor kept telling me, you know, you're not asking God right. to remove your character defects. You're trying to polish up the flesh. Right. And you're not going to do it. Now, you've got to be willing to do what he says, but you're doing what you say and not what he says. Right. Did you fall into that? No. Uh, and I think that's why things were, uh, for the most part, went really well. Because uh, I used to hear people about struggle, talking about struggling all the time. And I thought, right. man, I, I'm glad I didn't have to go through any of that. You know, I had to go through some stuff. But A little bit, yeah. It was basically what you're saying is I, because I looked at the program and, and try to follow, again, <laughs> going back to not leaning on my own understanding. So mm-hmm. I read the material yeah. and I follow what it says. Now, if I got somebody in a group that's telling me, a little different spin on the same thing. I try not to pay too much attention to that because that's their own that's their interpretation opinion. or understanding right, of it. Right. I mean, a lot of the programs, people kind of throw their own spin on things for whatever reason. Sure. You know, uh, but that's what, what I did was I prayed about it because I didn't pray about it before. I didn't follow the directions before. I didn't read the material. And so now I have to do that. So if it's telling me that I need a, I need to pray about it, right? For God, I mean, you, you go in there and what does it say in, in the literature? It tells you to pray and ask, you know, yep. they've got prayers for every step. Every step. So you, you do what it says, right? Yeah. And I found that God removed those character defects by helping me work through them in relationships with people, places, and things. And I was able to see... um I was able to recognize when they were creeping up because I'd been praying about it and I've been going, I went to meetings every day. That was their thing. I, you know, they said go to 90 meetings in 90 days. Of course I went to a meeting every day for almost two years because I'm a good addict, right? Yeah. Overboard. I'm going to take it to the extreme. Yeah. Part of it was I was kind of scared because I don't, I didn't know how to live life without some kind of chemicals in my system. So I was like, hey, this is making me feel good. I'm So you found some security in oh, well, it, it, being there all, the, a You lot. know, the at first it was, a little, you know, out of fear, uh, and I wanted to learn something, I, I want, and then I wanted to give back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I felt good when I left the meeting. You know, it's like all that baggage was gone at the end of the day, and I'd go home, and I didn't have any dreams. I didn't have nightmares. I didn't have – everything was good, and it, it was just blowing me away. And I, and I had contributed that to – following directions right right um my sponsor that well one of my sponsors i had um <laughs> yeah he had a little difficult time with me because i was not the typical uh sponsee that needed a whole lot of guidance and structure i had already done most of it on my own so we basically just would have conversations and talk about you know what's going on and you know uh, how things are going in a process some things through him. And then we go to, you know, I, since I was going to meetings every day, I'd usually run into him at a couple of meetings a week. And so it was a little, a relationship was a little weird, not typical sponsor, sponsee relationship. Right. Uh, because I had, you know, I was so diligent about 
doing what I had to do, uh, and and not a, not necessarily as quick as possible, but I just went through it. I mean, the third step, I I made it an action step where I actually went and got baptized. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And I did it with a couple couple of people that uh, we both got sober around the same time, and you know, still uh, involved in in uh, ministry and and other things to this day together so i I, when when i did did my third step my uh, i i I met my sponsor after the meeting and i thought we were just going to sit at the picnic table outside the the meeting hall there you know and i I sat down he goes what are you doing i go well i'm sitting down i'm gonna say a third step prayer right because i'd heard this a million times he goes oh no and I said, what? He goes, you're coming with me, son. <laughs> so we drive, we get in his truck and we drive off to some obscure covered bridge in Brownsville, Oregon, <laughs> you know, and it is freezing out. I mean, it's, and you, you know, you've known me well enough. I wear shorts all the time. Yes. And, uh, uh, I was in, I was in shorts and it was one of those freezing ones where that was the, one of the few times I wish I hadn't wore shorts. It was one of those kind of nights. And I was saying, man, I am so cold, Doug. And he said, I don't know who you're going to whine to because we're doing this thing. And I'm like, what are we doing exactly? And so we got out of the truck. We went to the middle of the covered bridge. He goes, all right, hit your knees. I went, what? And he goes, hit your knees. He got on his knees. I got on my knees. And he made me hold this big lighter in my hand because there was no light <laughs> to shine it on, on the big book. And my finger is burning. You know, if you hold those things too right, long. Right, right. You know, he says, just keep holding it there. And I'm doing this thing. And he, and he took me through that whole, and he, he read the part in, in a big book that talks about the third. And we went through the whole thing. We just didn't say the prayer, you know. He did it. I did it. And I have to tell you, to, to this day, that bridge means an awful lot to me. Yeah, I bet. Every time I pass that thing, I'll never forget that thing. Because it has to be more than just, eh, we'll zip through this thing and go to the next, you know. And now we're at step four. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the other day. I was looking at pictures from the ba- for when I got baptized, and I was so on fire, you know, in yeah. my, in, in my recovery and for 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 God and just life in general. And I had this shirt that uh, that I came across in, back in the day, you know. And I thought, well, this kind of applies to uh, you know. It was a shirt that basically had this uh, picture of of an eyeball, basically. And it was halfway submerged in water. Okay. Right? So I yeah. thought, this is kind of cool. It's like, But on the t- top of it, it said tool. And I'm like, cool, tool for Christ. Yeah. Right? But I'm looking at the pictures, and I'm looking at I'm I'm walking around with a big, dumb grin on my face. <laughs> the shirt just says tool. And I'm like, oh, Lord. Uh. <laughs> but it was like, you know, yeah. I, even, I even wrote on the back of it with a marker, tool for Christ. Yeah. Just, you know, but it was just, it was just kind of cool. Um, reflecting back on that, uh, you know, those days and, uh, try to remember that moving forward and everything I do. What? Okay. So you had this, really this, this, you know, the pop happened, you know, the, the, the awakening, I got to change everything. You actually heard, you know, all you got to do is change everything, Dave. Um, and you were willing to do that. There are people listening right now that are going, yeah, I'll change everything, but not that thing. Right. You know, it's like we'll open up every room in our heart to God except for that one corner of the house. And it's like that one little thing can hinder the whole process, right? Right. That's why it's got to be everything. Well, in okay, so again, 
I like to keep things simple, right? Keep it simple, silly. I like to make it easy as possible because I don't like I don't like complications anymore. Sure. Right. When I had complications, I had the committee in my head all the time, just yeah. driving me nuts. So this is this is how I look at it: is you just you you, you pick something that's it's kind of like making amends, right? You pick the easiest one first to help you do the next one and then do the next gotcha. one. Gotcha. So it's the same thing with changing everything. You're not going to change everything at one time. At one time and instantaneously. It's about your willingness to do so though, right? Right. That's but it, what, yeah. in the process of if if you think about it, it's like okay, so you can actually sit and and write this out. What do I what do I need to change? Right? What are my are there some negative things that are happening in my life? that I can change. And so what would be the opposite of, of that? And then you also, uh, on your list, you want to put the, the good things, right? What do I do well? Uh, that maybe I've put to the side and what do I, what can I do? Excuse me. What can I do now to get back to some of those things so I can have some balance in my life and some self care because, you know, a lot of, a lot of alcohol, you know, a lot of alcohol addicts are just people in general. Once they, Get their head oh, on, on straight. It's like now I got to go cr- fix all the damage. So they're more worried about I got to get a job. I got to make as much money as possible, and I got to you know make amends with the the family and the friends and you know whatever. It's like <laughs> just get sober and stay sober. Or just stop the behaviors and and keep stopped. That in, in itself is a big step to help those step. to pick, to help those. To bend, make those uh, amends for those people, and the rest of the stuff will will fall into place. You know, I, I, I guys that I work with, I ask them. I said, write me out of your priority list. You know, and they'll write they'll write a bunch of things on paper, mm-hmm. and then we'll we'll look at it. <laughs> and usually, you know, it, it starts out with you know, uh, I got to get a job, I got to make some money, you know, I got to repair my family, you know, yada yeah. yada yada. Well, then I go back and I challenge them. I said, "With we gotta, this is what it should look right, right? We gotta have God at the top of that list, right? And then our recovery and ourself, uh, our family, uh, and the, the job kind of goes at the bottom of the list, right? Right. And and I say that in the sense that because obviously, if you're in your recovery and you're trying to you know get your life back together, you need to get a job, but it isn't your priority, right? It, that's and so so many guys particularly think that that's like number one, right? Because I've I, I've had I, I heard a guy say one time and I never forgot. He said, he said I uh, I got sober, I got a job, I got a truck, I got a girl, I got drunk, right? Everything was messed up, right? You know, got I got to get that job, got to get that job. And the thing the thing that was wild about it was he was in a financial situation uh, position he didn't have to work. And he was it, he was in a perfect place to focus all of his efforts on his program. Yeah, because we 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 find our uh, our value, our worth is in in stuff or money. Yeah, and so we feel, we go right back to that we, comfort you bet zone. We do, and so if in so if we're not if the job isn't the priority, and I, and I know we all have to get, you know get a job, we got to right. get out of a, a treatment program or, or get back on track because we got to you know we got to bill, pay bills. But look at it in the perspective of a, a recovery job. So I get something that's going to going to pay my bills, but that's it's not where my entire focus is, right? Yeah. Um, and if we're working on if we're working on a relationship uh, with God or a higher power, uh, and we're working on recovery, um, 
we're also going to be interacting with other people that we can connect with. We can, um, you know, tell them our story, let them know uh, networking, right? And let them know what's, what's going on. And I almost guarantee uh, if we're open and honest and, and we're working a good program, someone's going to offer us a job or they're going to say, hey, so-and-so down the road's hiring, right? So all that stuff ties in together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we need to get that recovery job to even f- get used to working again and being, you know, accountable, getting a regular paycheck, and especially guys that are, a lot of guys that are self-employed. It's like, no, you need to get rid of all that stress. Because uh, that's least, stressful, man. At least for a while yeah. and go work for somebody else. I mean, that's what I, that's what I had to do. I get, just, it just killed me trying to work for myself. And I did the same thing. I had a sign business in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll have my own company and all the stress will go away. <laughs> Are you serious? There's it, nothing it, more stressful. It's than, like than, mag- oh, it magnifies man. like 20 times. It does. So anyway, that's, you know, uh, that priority list needs to get straightened out. You know, your family needs to come in there, you know, pretty close to your, your recovery and getting your, you know, your, getting your stuff together because you gotta, you gotta rebuild those relationships. You gotta spend time with your wife and separate time with the kids and then time all yeah. together. Yeah. So everything, you ha- all you have to do is change everything, but don't be deceived. It doesn't all have to change today. Right. And especially guys, we want, we just want it all fixed now. I don't know what that is about us, but we do. And we, we got to slow down. And that's, a, that's part of change, right? Right. All right. That's got to change your attitude of, I've got to get it all right today. Well, why do I have to get it all right today? Because of my ego, right? <laughs> like, is it gonna be? Is it gonna be any different if you you take your time and it takes a week? Or the other one is like a lot of people jump right into a job and then it's like horrible, but yeah. they get paid good money. It's like no, we get into recovery and we want to change our life and get and and have a better life. We need to start uh, going. We need to start doing things that we enjoy doing that we're that are good we're good at our, right. our skills and talents are suited for but then we enjoy doing because if we hate whatever we're doing we're not we're, it's a train wreck fall apart yeah yeah we're almost out of time that went well, quick time flies that 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 that, that does fly i did get a song though and uh we'll play it here in just a second so for the person that is still saying yeah but you don't know my situation this part here, I simply, I can't, I can't change it, man. I, I know I'm right. I, I know I'm right. I know I'm right. And by golly, I'm not going to change that thing. What would you say to him, Dave? I would say go to uh, uh, Podomatic or YouTube or <laughs> Take12Radio.com or and uh, uh, leave a leave a comment and let us know Good uh, what it is that you are struggling with. I mean that. And that's actually going to be. Um, it may take a, a few shows to do it, but that's that's going to be the next uh, talk about. It. Like, what do we struggle with in in recovery? Um, mm. I had a lot of a lot of good feedback uh, from, right. from guys, and I think I'm going to share uh, a few things with that because it's, it's important. So, so go ahead. No. So in 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 the process of this recovery, because recovery can bring all sorts of challenges. Uh, and, uh, we need to understand that, that many times 
what appears to be a challenge or appears to be painful is simply you, you being stretched, and that's okay. Right. But we, we need each other. Um, this song is by uh, our friend Richie Supa. He is uh, one of the founding members of Recovery Unplugged, the big music recovery organization. And uh, he, we'll come back and close out right after the song. So think about this song, Dave, and comment on it right afterwards. That's how we'll close the show. This is called Dance in the Rain by Richie Supa. Sometimes life can knock you down Hit you like a diesel truck And part of learning how to fall Is getting right back up Looking back I made mistakes I watched a lot of bridges burn The road to wisdom leads us to Making some wrong turns And you learn to see by walking through the dark where we've been makes us who we are Life's not waiting for the storm to pass Or running from the pain It's learning how to dance in the rain Love can take and bruise a heart Bend it like a broken wheel Leave your world so torn apart That only time can heal I wound up a better man For every single tear I cried And I wouldn't be where I am If I never tried You learn to see by walking through the dark where we've been just makes us who we are Life's not waiting for the storm to pass Or running from the pain It's learning how to dance in the rain And prayers that go unanswered Can sometimes hurt like hell And you learn to see by walking through the dark And where we've been just makes us who we are Life's not waiting for the storm to bear Or running from the fame It's learning how to dance in the rain It's learning how to dance Mr. Richie Supa, and ain't it the truth? What do you think, Dave? 
Well, first thing, a bunch of things come to mind, but the first thing I guess comes to mind is freedom. Mm. And then acceptance. Yeah. Right? And uh, there's a, uh, that's a great song. Yeah, he's he's a neat guy. Uh, he's been on the show a couple times. It's been a few years. We need to have him back. Uh, Richie, Richie has uh, performed with uh, Aerosmith on many, many occasions. Uh, he and uh, Steven Tyler are good friends. And uh, Richie is... He has contributed to the recovery community, particularly back east, uh, like few have. So we really appreciate him. His song, In the Rooms, was the theme song for the uh, social networking organization, In the Rooms, uh, some time ago. So if you have an opportunity to check out Recovery Unplugged, uh, just Google it on uh, on Google, <laughs> and, you'll, and you'll find it there. <laughs> Dave, thanks, man. Anytime. Yeah. So last. Yeah. You know, if you think you've changed everything, you'll find something else, right? It'll come up. It's like painting the Golden Gate Bridge. All we got to do is change everything. And don't forget to, uh, you know, if you got you got uh, questions or comments, make sure you leave them on uh, uh, Podomatic or Take12Radio.com or YouTube channel. Do it, do it, do it. Just go to Take12Radio.com and you can go to Take12, the number or the word, either one. It'll take you there. And you can do all that stuff right from that site. All right. Well, listen. This is Dave Fleming sitting right across from me, waving at the camera, and the Monty Man. And we're wishing God's perfect serenity for you because you are entitled to overcome. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.